Welcome to Healing Begins. My name is Pastor Gail Crock. Tonight I want to talk to you about going to the extremes. And this is about my recent mission trip to Costa Rica back in September 30th to October 7th. Now, this was my second trip to Costa Rica in one year, which is extremely unusual because normally I only go once to the same place. But this was a very unique trip. I would say out of all the trips I've ever been on, this was one that I felt was the most impactful trip. And I'll share with you why in a minute. So back in June of 21, when I was asked to go to Costa Rica, uh, and I was down there ministering with Pastor Christian in Pavis. Now, you got to know who Pastor Christian is. He works with the gangs in Pavis, and he works with the drug lords, and he pulls people out of the gangs and helps them to find Christ. And so the last time I was down in June, he said to me, Hey, uh, Gail, how would you like to come and be a part of Extreme Camp? We're going to have Extreme Camp in a couple months. I'd like to invite you to come. And my first thought was, Pastor Christian has a reputation as it relates to Extreme Camp, that he is extreme. So I knew that he had these camps where he took rival gang members, brought them together in one place, and gave them an extreme God experience. And so I, uh, I said, well, I said, if God will provide in a way that I'm not expecting, I'll go. I said, well, how much is Extreme Camp? And my interpreter, whose name is Jessica, said, well, it's $2,500. So then I thought, well, really, for Extreme Camp, what I need is I need $2,500 plus another 1000 So I need about $3,500 to go. So I thought, well, that's quite a bit of money for Extreme Camp, but if that's what it costs, that's what it costs. And I just said, God, you got to provide. And this trip was so unusual because two months before Extreme Camp, I received a phone call from California, a friend of mine named Jim. And he said, hey, you going back to Costa Rica, Gail? And I said, well, why ask? He said, well, my wife and I have been praying and we really feel that God wants you to go to Extreme Camp. How much does it cost? I says, well, $2,500 plus another $1,000, He goes, that's great. He says, guess what? I'll, I'll pay for the whole thing. So I thought, wow. And he said, well, how would you like some extra money to go with it to give away to missionaries that are hurting? You know, a couple thousand more extra. You know, what was amazing about this trip, when people heard I was going back and what I was going to be doing and helping missionaries and all this stuff, because the during the pandemic, the missionaries were really suffering. People were saying to me, hey, would you like some more money? Would you like some more money? I mean, I've never really had anything quite like that happen. And then, um, and I know that I'm, I'm going somewhere in this conversation, so just hang with me. Then before I went, my partner said to me, you remember that pastor in Nicaragua that you Zoomed with about a year ago? And I go, yeah. Has he built his church yet? I said, no, he bought the land but they have a lot of debt on the land and they got to pay the land off before they can build a church. And he said, I really feel God wants to pay that land off. So he put up a matching fund and another one of our partners matched his match. And before you knew it, we were taking enough money to Costa Rica to pay the pastor's land off in Nicaragua. That was like $11,000. And before I, I thought, well, I can't take that much money across the border. So I wired like $14,000 to Christ for the city and took the rest on me 
And, you know, when we were there, gave away close to just shy of $19,000. Now, I'm going to share with you why that's so significant in this whole thing. So I went and I said, okay, I called Pastor Christian up. I said, well, God has provided my way to extreme camp, so I'll be coming. And so I didn't have anyone to go with me, and this would be the first trip that I would travel by myself to another country, which I would normally never do. I normally always take somebody with me. So he said, no problem, Gail. We'll pick you up in San Jose at the airport. Uh, Jessica will be there to interpret. We'll pick you up. When you're coming in, I said, well, I'm coming in on a, a Thursday. I'm going to come in a day early so I can rest. And he goes, no problem. A day early, that's great. He goes, we have Thursday night service. I think we'll have you preach. So I thought, well, I guess there's, there's no rest. Land in San Jose and be picked up at the airport, be taken right to the pulpit in Pavis to the line of Judah Church to preach on possessing God's promise. So when I landed, I was talking to Jessica in the car, and I said, wow, I said, uh, yeah, that's quite a bit for extreme camp, 2,500, huh? She goes, no, you don't get it. You paid for the whole camp. I said, what do you mean? She goes, you, you just funded the whole camp for all those guys to come to camp so they can hear about Jesus. My sponsor was ecstatic about that. And so we got, we got into extreme camp. I preached there on Thursday and then went back to the base at Christ for the City in San Jose and then went out to Pastor Mike's house. Now, Pastor Mike's an incredible man of God. I really love Pastor Mike. His uh, first cousin is Dr. Cho from Yoido Fo Gospel Church in Seoul, Korea, the largest church in the world. And many of you may know that Dr. Cho died this past year. And so the Korean church had helped Pastor Mike build a nice hacienda, a nice ranch, up in the mountains of uh, Costa Rica and San Jose. So we, uh, Pastor Christian picked up 40 rival gang members and brought them to the ranch, which Mike opened up his ranch for these gang members to hear about Jesus. And the day we were going to go up to the, uh, ran up to the ranch, up to the extreme camp, we also stopped at a funeral that was happening in a home in a poor part of San Jose and prayed with the family and then went, went from there to the ranch and the ranch was beautiful. Wow, amazing. Uh, Pastor Mike said his wife's vision was to open up their home to help, help kids find Jesus. And so he opened up his house to help these gang members find Christ. So on the Friday night when we were going down, the gangs, they, they say there's got to be a blood sacrifice every time Christian is going to have a camp. So they caught a guy that Christian was trying to reach, and they shot him and killed him in front of the firehouse. And uh, that's the first thing that happened before extreme camp, and that is extreme. But how many of you know there's already been a blood sacrifice done for us? His name is Jesus Christ. So we get into extreme camp, and uh, Friday he's talking to the gangs. Pastor Christian is talking to these 40 members, and he's telling them, Christianity is not for crybabies. In other words, he's telling them, you're going to have to be tough. If you're going to get saved, you're going to follow Jesus. It's not going to be easy. And, you know, we don't hear that message very much in America today. And they were just listening to him. They were taking it from him. So all these gang members were together, a mixture of men and women. And then uh, we prayed that evening and went to bed. And Saturday morning, about 1 a.m., I felt the presence of Jesus come in my room. And he said, uh, you're going to preach this morning in the morning service. And I said, all right. And, and the Lord said, I want you to talk about my death. I want to talk to you about how I suffered. 
And I'm going to give you a, a lead in line to say to these gang members, it's really going to make them think. And I'm going to tell you what that line was in a minute. So the Lord spoke to me at 1 a.m. And the thing is with traveling with Pastor Christian, I asked him before, what do you want me to speak on? He said, whatever Holy Ghost tells you. You know, I like to be a little bit more prepared than that, but it's not always the way it runs with Pastor Christian. And so Saturday morning at 3 a.m. is prayer time. So Pastor Christian made everybody get up and pray from 3 to 4 a.m. And what a powerful time for prayer, 4 a.m. We went back to bed and we are back up at 7 a.m. for breakfast. And Pastor Christian's looking at me and he said, he said, uh, Pastor Gail, uh, you're preaching this morning. And I said, yep, I know. I'm. And so then in the morning, we, we did a time of worship, brought all the guys and girls together. And, I, and, I, and my lead in line, that's what you want to know about. I never thought about ever saying this to anybody, but I said to these guys and girls, have you ever had someone do something to you and you said, I will never forgive them. And man, their hands went up all over. I said, well, then now I want to share with you what we did to Jesus, what our sin did to Jesus. I talked about the crown of thorns being jammed on his head. I talked about them spitting on him, mocking him, hitting him in the face. He was falsely accused. He wasn't guilty of any crime. I talked about the whip that was brought across his back with the metal chips in it and how flesh was pulled out of his back and out of his body. I talked about the nails that were driven in his hands and how the cross slid down in the hole and how he hung between heaven and earth. And he cried out, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he suffered and he suffered. And yes, there was a thief on the cross that said, remember me, Lord, when you come into your kingdom. And he looked at that thief and he goes, this day you will be with me in paradise. And as he was suffering, finally he lifted up his voice and said, it is finished and he breathed his last and he died but then he just didn't die he descended into hell and he took our place and he suffered for us so we don't have to suffer no more he made the way open to heaven for us and then he said father when he hung from that cross he said father forgive them for they know not what they do and i said now he took your place he took my place it was my sin your sin that made him suffer past, present, and future. He carried anything we could have ever suffered to the cross, and he, he won the victory, and he went up to the devil, and he goes, I'll take those keys now of death, hell, and the grave, and he rose victorious. I said, now listen, Christianity's not for crybabies, and they're really listening. Now I said, if you're going to want to be a Christian, you got to give up the gang. you got to give up drugs. you got to give up everything you're doing, and you got to follow Jesus. Now, if you're not willing to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I don't want you to stand up. But if you're willing to surrender, I want you to stand up now. I was amazed. Forty people stood to their feet. Forty gang members gave their heart to Jesus Christ. Wow, what an amazing experience to watch all of them receive Christ. And then the next thing we did is uh, I said the next thing we got to do is we got to break the witchcraft off you guys and you girls because every gang member had a witch and they would cast spells on them to protect them from 
bullets and all kinds of stuff. And so it was, it became like Philip when he went down to Samaria and the Bible said he, cre he preached Christ there and with shrieks, evil spirits come out. And as we began to break the witchcraft off them, there were manifestations. There were people shaking. There were people crying. There were people laying on the ground sobbing in the team at Pastor Mike's house was in there ministering, freeing these kids up from the power of the enemy. And that was the morning these kids came from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light all at once. Man, what a great day. And then in, in the afternoon session, I spoke on how God can take away every stain of sin from your life. You know, there's things we've done or things that people have done. They feel like they're wearing a scarlet letter. And Isaiah 118 says, Though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be white like wool. Though they be red like crimson, they shall be white like snow. So there isn't anything you've done. There's nothing you've done that the blood of Jesus cannot wash that stain away. Your stain can be washed away. There's nothing too bad that can't be cleansed from your life through the power of the blood of Jesus. And then in the afternoon, I spoke about getting free from shame and condemnation. And so many times, these kids are carrying shame and condemnation and we just, I talked to, there's therefore now no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. I talked about how when God forgives you of your sin, he forgets your sins. And so not that God has holy amnesia, but the Bible says that he chooses not to hold man's sins against them. So we broke shame and we broke condemnation off them and we prayed over them. And then I talked about the baptism of the Holy Spirit and they all prayed to receive that. And it was just a powerful time in the Lord at camp as we see these 40 kids come from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light and we see witchcraft and the power of Satan broken and the power of the life of Jesus Christ released. I'm telling you what, <clears throat> that same life in Jesus is available to you. You can be free from whatever you're bound to. You can be free from whatever the enemy has over you. And I pray for you in the name of Jesus that the Holy Spirit, right now, even as I'm speaking, would go and free you from every chain. Then we took the 40 kids to church on Sunday in Pavis, where once again, Pastor Christian had me speak in both morning services. And then after the second morning service, we ended in a baptism and Pastor Mike and I were baptizing many of the members that were going under the waters of baptism, praise the Lord. But here's the funny part about, there were supposed to be two other speakers coming to this camp, but the Southwest flight debacle stopped the speakers for coming. So I wound up being the only person that was coming to Extreme Camp. Now, another fun thing that happened at Extreme Camp that I did not get involved with, they had a mechanical bowl on the property, and they had a bouncy house under it, and they were challenging each other how long they could ride the bowl. They go, Pastor, are you going to get on that bowl? I go, no, I'm not getting on that bowl. And then they had a like a boxing ring made out of a bouncy house and a ring in the center of it with padded batons, and they would get in the center and knock each other out, out of the ring to see who'd be the last man standing. You know, I mean, they were doing all kinds of stuff like that. So we had a powerful time in Pavas. We've seen... Two more people give their heart to Christ in, in, the, in the church service on Sunday morning, came up and gave their heart to the Lord. So we had about 42 people receive Christ in that weekend, so which was an incredible weekend. And I remember charging those kids. I got them up front around me. I had them all come up front of the church, and I said, fight for your brothers, fight for your sisters. 
Preach the gospel. Don't give up. Never go back. Don't look back. And when I come back here next year, I'm going to be looking for you because the gang is no longer your family. We are your family. And I didn't know the impact that that very statement would have on them. Then we left extreme camp and I went into, uh, I went to the mountain rehab to work with kids that have been coming out of sex trafficking, prostitution, and drug. Kids have been rescued. These are underage girls, about 40 of them. This will be our second trip back there this year. And uh, I, asked, uh, I asked Sergio and Juanita, I said, um, what would you like me to do? How can I help you guys? He said, they said they had about eight girls that they would like half-hour sessions done with. So me and my interpreter, who's named Otto, we, we sat there and we did half-hour sessions with eight girls as they would come in and cry, cry and cry. Wow, what a powerful time. Two of the girls were cutters. And I, I said, can I lay my hands on your scars and pray? And when I offered that, they leapt off their seat. They nailed their, they, they kneeled in front of us, held out their arms and let us pray and let us minister to them. It was a powerful time in Jesus as we saw these young girls that have been so traumatized receive healing through the power of the Holy Spirit. God was good. Then the other thing I want to say, giving away all the gifts of money was incredible. There were the, the land in Nicaragua. I, I was honored and privileged. I told uh, the church is called Gathering the Harvest. They planted a church in Nicaragua. I said, you know, I'm just a Costa Rican mailman. The money is not from me. The money is from two donors back in the States. And I told them who they were. And I said, I am just delivering the money to you guys. So we did it in a very interesting way. Pastor Ruth had no idea what was going to happen in the service. We had this written out in an envelope that the land of Nicaragua is paid off. And we had the church from Nicaragua on Zoom with us. And Pastor Ruth came up and I said, here, read this envelope to the church in uh, Nicaragua, Pastor Giovanni and Alicia. And when she was reading the envelope, she all of a sudden grabbed my interpreter and began to cry and fell to her knees on the on the ground, praising God. And, and, and Pastor Giovanni and Alicia turned white and people thought they were going to faint. They were literally shocked. They had had a, a prophet come to their church less than a month ago and said, your church is going to be paid off by someone outside of the States. The land is going to be paid off. And that, that same prophet that prophesied that word to them died uh, just before we came. And so they were just rejoicing in the land being paid off. And then it wasn't just the land being paid off. We met with 10 other missionaries. And by the way, every dime, every dollar of the money that was given to me to bring to Costa Rica to help these people got to where it was going. And I just want to say this. What a great partner Spiritual Care has with Christ for the City. Gretel is uh, Christ for the City Executive Director for Costa Rica, does a fabulous job, and she uh, connects with all the ministries in San Jose. And I just got to say, what a great thing it is. You know, we met with several missionaries, and as we would hand them the money, the tears would roll down their face. This money wasn't for their ministry. This money was to help their family. Here's why. Because in the pandemic, they lost over half their income. Some of them were out of work, but they were still 
serving the Lord in the ministry. They were still waiting for God to provide, and they didn't know where their provision was coming from. And as we would give these gifts out, I would say, it's not from me. It's gifts is from the Lord. I felt like Paul, who would go and bring gifts for the church. What an incredible time. I was the only person in that base. That base can hold like 23 missionaries, and there were no missionaries coming to Costa Rica because of COVID. It was like I had room to rattle down there. So we would have them come in the base, and we would present the gifts to them, each one of them, and to watch them cry and be so thankful. It was such an honor and a privilege to help the, the different missionaries and to help that church pay off the land. And i got to say thanks to all you donors that made this happen. You guys got on board and gave the money. Thank you so much. And then went to Carpio down in the garbage dump and worked with Mary Alos, got to see the Living Water Center we're building down there again and and got to see the progress on that and got to give, was able to give money toward that project. But then I was able to talk to the children down in the bottom of Carpio about spiritual warfare and was able to do the staff devotional and, and everything like that and spent a whole day ministering. And, and by the way, went into three homes in Carpio where people were sick and needing prayer and discouraged. These are families we've been feeding throughout the year. So I ministered to them, prayed for them, and then walked out of Carpio, which is hard in and of itself, and, and went up the hill and then had to get my COVID test. That's about time for me to come back home. And that evening spent time with my interpreter, Otto, and his wife and his family and their daughter and granddaughter. What a great time as the Holy Spirit moved in the home that we were at in an amazing way with Otto and his family. Otto's an incredible man of God. Love that brother. He just loves God so much. He's got a wonderful family. So I hope you've received something out of this today because I want to say something. God provides. One of the things the missionaries were saying before I came, where's God? We're not getting no help. Our families are suffering. And Gretel said every time they would say that, you would call and say, I've got some more money. Do you know where we could put it? So Gretel was the person who helped me decide who needed it the most and how we should distribute it and how that money should be handed out. So uh, it was incredible to see God move. It was incredible to see families discouraged. And maybe there's some of you during the pandemic, you feel like, wow, you know, I need provision for my house, my home, and my family needs healing. I need help. You know, it's just not... It's just not over there. It's over here. You're absolutely right. And some of the extreme things we dealt with over there, I believe, we're now dealing with here. And it's like advanced training to know how to help people here. So I want to pray for you today that are suffering out there that need provision from the Lord. First of all, Lord, I pray for those that need healing in their bodies. Lord, that you would release healing in the name of Jesus as people are listening to this Lord, that healing would come, the angels would be dispatched, and they would receive healing in the name of Jesus. For those that need deliverance, I pray that they would receive deliverance. I pray that you would deliver anyone that is bound in darkness in the name of Jesus. And for those that need finances, God, that you would provide finances, that you would provide the money they need in Jesus' name. Amen. And remember, as you listen to the the broadcast as you listen to healing begins remember none of any advice i'm given is ever a replacement for help for you to go to your doctor and get medical attention too so may god richly bless you thank you for joining us 
for healing begins, and may you know that there's always hope.